Hello, world, and welcome to Cartridge Club Portable. This is for July of 2019. I am your host, Curtis Freisel, and this month, my very special guest is Catherine from the Flock of Nerds podcast. How you doing, Catherine? I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing really well. You have no idea how special this is to me. You have been a CC Portable supporter from way back in the day, like probably the first one, if I'm being honest. And I've never had you on the show yet. I've been trying to get you on the show. And we finally <laughs> found a month that it all worked out. We got you here. This is kismet, serendipity, whatever you want to call it. You're here. Hooray, Catherine. I'm here. Yes. Thank you for having me. So absolutely. Um, as we mentioned, you are one half of the flock of nerds, you and uh, Miles, correct? Yeah, it's more like one third. third we have, yeah. He's there, but he's less involved with the club, but he is definitely a flock of nerd. Sure, we'll count him, but he needs to be more involved with the Cartridge Club. You hear that? Yeah, we're getting him more involved. He's doing like all the Warhammer painting tweets. So if you're into Warhammer. What's up with that? Are you into, I've been noticing the Cartridge Club has been getting into all this like figure painting stuff. Yeah, I I didn't know that there were so many people into it. We've we've always known that Chris has been into it, and and he doesn't even really play the game. He just really likes painting figures. So that's the sense um, I get from all these other people that are doing it. I'm like, do you you guys actually play with these things, or are you you just like painting little miniature figures? I mean, he used to play, and so he would actually paint his own figures. And but it, it's like a it's a really big game. Like it's it's a time commitment and. There's a lot to it. And I think he, he thinks of like, I think the painting is like, it's like a relaxing thing to do. Like, so he does it while he watches TV and stuff like that. So I could see the appeal of that for sure. Is he a OG uh, Warhammer guy or 40K? What is he? That's the only, I, that's as hip you know, I'm I can not sound sure. about I Warhammer. I think he's been playing for a long time. So like, I think he's probably original and then got into 40k but I, I honestly don't know anything about warhammer so neither do i i had some friends that were into it but it seems very like you're either one or the other you're not you can't be both it's like are you 40k are you original whatever i don't even know what they call the original one but it just seemed very like tribal you know yeah i just all i know about it is that i think the rule book is like crazy huge so i'm like no thanks i don't <laughs> that's too many and you have to i've seen people play and you have like rulers and you have to measure things and determine line of sight and it's just it's just too much no that's I, that's that's out of my wheelhouse and <laughs> i don't want it to be in my wheelhouse uh, i'll leave that to you guys or everybody who's into that you you guys go have fun with your <laughs> warhammer but that's not why we're here Catherine, is it no no this month we are here to talk about a certain game for cc portable and that is super princess peach on the nintendo ds now this was originally released in north america on february 27th 2006 and it is the first game in the mario series to feature princess peach as the main playable character now obviously you could play as her as far back as super mario brothers 2 um, or in a lot of like the sports games or Mario Kart, but this was the first one that kind of starred Princess Peach, where she was out to rescue Mario for a change. Catherine, I, I was so happy to get you here. 
not only because we've always wanted you on the show, but, but I wanted a female perspective on this show because this is a big deal. Princess Peach is a is a an icon of video game history, and this was the first time that she starred in a game. And I guess before we get into the game, I just want to get your your thoughts on on just that, the idea of Princess Peach being the star of something. What do you think about that? You know, I think it's a really cool idea, and I was pretty happy. Like, I've, I played the game a few years ago, and it was just fun to play as her. I know, um, like, when Miles plays Super Mario Brothers 2, he always just plays as Princess Peach. Um, I think because of the, the floating, he always talks about the floating makes it a little bit easier. And, um, and I always think it's funny, like, when you talk about her being in a playable character in, in Super Mario Brothers 2 because it's not even really a Super Mario Brothers game, right? Like they just reskinned it. It has nothing to do like there's Doki Doki Panic. And, yeah, like there's a spaceship in it. Like in it there's no it doesn't feel like there's even a story to it. So Well technically there isn't. It was just a dream. Yeah, so she's just there and she you can play as her. So it didn't it's funny that that's the only other time you can really play as her besides like Mario Kart. Um yeah, so I I liked that there was a game that stars her and that they sort of they do the role reversal thing where she has to save Mario and Luigi and all the toads. Um it's a you know, it was a good idea, I think. Absolutely. I, I can you believe it took 20 years, a little over 20 years, you know, if Mario came out in 1985, it took 20 years before Peach finally got her own standalone game. And to piggyback on that, you look at the Legend of Zelda series You've never been able to play a Zelda yet, aside from, you know, Smash Brothers. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know why that is. Um, do you get to play it sort of ever, like, as part of a game, or...? You know, I have played almost every Zelda game, with the exception of, of the main series. I don't think I've... I haven't played uh, all of Twilight Princess, and I haven't played any of Skyward Sword. So unless you get to play a Zelda in either of those games... I don't think you ever play as Zelda. It's pretty crazy that there's a game called Twilight Princess and you don't get to play as the princess. Uh, it's even crazier that the whole series is called The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> yeah, that's true as and well. And you're always playing as Link. Uh, that's that's crazy. And I'm going to make a prediction here that you're going to be able to play as Zelda in Breath of the Wild 2. I'm putting it down right now. That's what's going to happen. But again, let's go back to Super Princess Peach for a moment. Uh, I had always wanted to play this game for a few reasons. I love the Mario series. Um, I thought this sounded like a cool idea, Princess Peach trying to rescue Mario. But there's some controversy with this game, too, that I'm excited to get your your take on, and that is uh, the vibe system. So in this game, it's a DS game, and it comes with all the, you know, pitfalls and great things that that you find in any ds game the pitfalls typically being having to use the stylus and in this one i'm happy to say you you don't use the stylus that much um, but you do have these vibes is what they're called in this game for super princess peach she's got four and they're based on emotions so you got joy uh, anger uh, sadness and then i think like chill vibe or something like cool vibe yeah I never know what that other one is. I think it's just chill, right? I, I, I believe that's what it was. Okay. I couldn't remember what it's called. So she's got these four almost like power-ups or powers based on emotions. And that caused a bit of controversy because it's a female protagonist. 
then she's got these powers based on like you can be sad, you can be angry, you can be happy. What what do you think about that? Do you think is this building a, a mountain out of a molehill, or is it was this a good idea? Does it bother you? Does it not bother you? Where do you stand on this? Um, yeah, I kind of I thought about it, and I was just like, well, I I it's kind of like I don't know, maybe like a Disney princess thing where they just sort of you know, there's the female is always like the damsel in distress. And like that, I don't know, for this one, it seemed like maybe the easy way out. Like they didn't want to just make her a physical character or something. I don't know. But it's also a little bit tied into the story as well, right? It is. It takes place on this vibe island, which is... And everyone's affected by emotions. And so maybe hers are heightened. And I thought... You know, I was talking to a friend of mine about this who's not a gamer, and I was kind of describing the the game to her, and she was just like, I was like, well, maybe it's a little bit kind of like leaning into it, like using her emotions as a positive thing, right? Like, uh, you know, as a her powers or whatever, like, yeah, she's an emotional person, I guess. But, she, you know, my friend was just saying, like, you know, they would never expect that from a male character they would never do it with male character just saying like why don't you just let this male character be an emotional and use that as his powers or whatever and it's true like you never see that and the only time they do it is when they finally put a female protagonist in a game i can understand why people were upset about it or like why there is some controversy over it because they could have just made it a game where she had she can jump and do all the same things that mario does but it's just her I don't know. It was it was strange, but I, you know, it's still just a game. Like I don't know how angry I could get over decisions made at a game. I think that there's a lot worse games probably that depict women in a different like in a more negative light maybe or stereotypical like using female stereotypes and I well, I don't know. I mean, look at any look at the, you know, Dead or Alive series, anything that uh you know, kind of exaggerate the uh, features of a woman. You see that a lot in oh, for sure. video games. Uh, and yes, um, there are probably some worse offenders, but it just seemed weird, especially because this game, you know, you have this umbrella that plays a or uh, parasol or umbrella. <laughs> I guess it would be an umbrella um, that plays a big part of the story. And it almost, it's like you have these separate power-ups with the umbrella. Yeah, and the umbrella does all the powerful things, right? Like it shoots and it ground pounds and stuff. I don't know. They made they made weird choices here. It seems like pretty simplified. Like she's a female. She cries and runs away. Like crying makes her run fast. And it also – and like the amount of tears too. Like it, it makes vines grow and, and I don't know. And when she's angry, she just stomps around and, and she's turns, on fire. Like, she she's can on burn fire. Stuff. It's just so exaggerated that that maybe like that's part of what causes like that's a little bit more offensive. Is just that it's not just that she's emotional. It's just that she's it's so extreme, right? Catherine, I do. I guess my other my final question on the, on the emotion thing: Do women have any other emotions than those four? I I don't no, know. Those, those are the only four. It's just those four. It's just sadness. Just those four. Joy, We're anger. not very complex, I guess. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> so I take it you're in chill vibe right now, yeah? Is that is that good? Or joy? Joy's yeah, fine I'm, too. I just, I just, I'm chill or angry. That's about it. Oh, so. okay. Well, I'll, I will tread lightly the rest of the <laughs> podcast. I understand now. Now that I've played this game, I feel like I understand women better, and I will, <laughs> I will tread lightly. 
mission accomplished. I guess that's what Nintendo is going for. Yes, thank you, thank you, Nintendo. I would like to know how many women worked on. Maybe I can find this really quick. You know, how many women actually worked on this game? I'm, I'm gonna guess zero. Uh, let's see, producers, uh, directors. Ah, oh, see, they're all Japanese names. I don't know if they're yeah men or women. I'm sure. I'm sure someone will be able to find that information. Yeah, somebody you can put that on the forums or something in the cartridge club. But I'd, <laughs> I'd be interested to to know how many women actually worked on the development, like the story parts or like the the important stuff, you know, of the game, um, the nuts and bolts. But anyway, so back to the game. Mm-hmm. We got the emotions. We got the vibes out of the way. What did you think of the actual game? Um. Well, I'm not. I'm not the best at platformers. Um. So I found it like. The fact that I could beat the game, I feel like meant that it was maybe not too challenging for the average gamer. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that was something I had read too that that they didn't they also didn't like how it kind of spoon fed information. It was a little bit too easy. It was very hard to die from like taking damage because you could always heal yourself and stuff like that. And um, but I still, I still, I think I still liked the game, like just in terms of being a like fun ish <laughs> like sure game to play um i don't know i i struggled a bit at with some of the fights and some of the boss fights and um but i i liked i there's a lot of variety in the game and the one thing that the vibes do give you is a lot of variety within any particular level right like there yes. are so th- there's that, except for once you learn certain things like, oh, I need to spin and use my cloud move, my flying joy mm-hmm. to like get through clouds and certain things, then that's just always the way, like you just see it and I'm like, oh, the, I use this. Like it becomes just an automatic thing. Like it's not challenging in that sense. You just see, oh, I need to use fire here. I need to use joy here. I need to cry on this plant, right? Like it becomes a little repetitive in that sense. Right. But there's a lot of worlds. It was surprisingly long. Like eight worlds is kind of a lot. Um, five levels plus a boss, every world. Um, and so there was a lot of variety in, in that sense. I don't know. I feel like it had a lot to offer. I don't know if it fully delivers. That's I good. I, 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 I like this path we're going down because I think we're kind of in the same boat on that. There's a lot of pluses about this game. I think it looks amazing. The sprite work, fantastic. It looks really good. Yeah. yeah. I think the music was really good. We don't talk about music a whole lot on CC Portable, but I thought the music really was great. There's a, and because there's eight worlds and they and five levels each, like they they change up the music for like every level. Absolutely. And I didn't even always have my sound on because if I was playing, like, if the TV was on, then I would just turn the sound down. But I would make a point of, like, buying the music tracks and every time, like, and listening to it then because I do really enjoy the music and I like, and it has, like, every style of music, too. Like, it's pretty. Yeah. It's, they put uh, a lot into it, unless, unless they're repurposing music, but it seems like it was made for this game. Yeah, well, I, I would assume it was, yeah. It's a first party Nintendo game. Um, some of the things I struggled with, though, I thought the level design was really 
kind of sloppy and boring. Yeah, I could see that. There was a lot of levels that were like almost all the levels had a had a kind of labyrinthine uh, way about them. Everyone was like a labyrinth. You 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 could there was several ways you could go through the stage, mm-hmm. and you could backtrack if you wanted to. And this usually involved rescuing the toads. You would have to go right. to different sections. Um, but I found it really sorry. No, I ahead. was just gonna say I found it really frustrating because there were times where I would kind of wind my way around and then I would find a door and go through it and start playing the level backwards. And I'm like, you right. shouldn't. Like, if I haven't played through it forward, I don't want to play it backwards. Like, yeah, you could get caught in loops like that. At, at yeah, times. I found that really frustrating at times where it's just like, I've done this room already. And I, um, and the thing is, like, a lot of rooms, too, like a lot of, like, if you would enter an area and you would find a door, like, you, there's probably, like, two other doors somewhere in that level. Mm-hmm. And just the, just not, it's not, I guess maybe it's okay that it's not super linear, but, um, I find I don't mind it so much cause I don't mind like a little bit of the exploring and stuff like that. Um, I know that you tweeted your frustration when you got to the end and it said you had to save all the toads. Okay. Well, we can talk about that for a second. Yeah. This, <laughs> and thank God I, found a good majority of the toads throughout the game. Like I didn't, I didn't really skip that. I I tried as much as I could to find them, but yeah, to get all the way to the end, if you guys don't know, spoiler alert, you get all the way to Bowser. And before you can do that final level, you have to rescue all the toads. And there is no indication at any point throughout the game that you, this is going to be a requirement. So you can yeah. go through the entire game and rescue zero toads and get all the way to the last level, and then it tells you, no, you got to go back and you got to basically hundred percent every level before you <laughs> you get to beat the game. And that was so frustrating because some of those levels, it it, and this goes back to the level design. Some of the toads are hidden so well, but kind of in a stupid way. Like, how would anyone ever stumble across this? Yeah. You know. There's no, there's like, there's certain video game tropes that help you find hidden items. In Zelda, if it's a, a, a wall that can be bombed, it might have a crack in it, or the rocks look slightly different. You know, there's certain video game tropes that help you find things. Maybe some coins that appear to lead nowhere, but if you follow those coins, it'll point you in the right direction. But some of these toads, it was just like, who would think to do that? Why would so there why? is. Well, there is that one thing where if you, as soon as you enter a level, they're like, the animation on the bottom screen will have um, Princess Peach with a little exclamation mark. Sure, and, it, and that helps. And that tells you that there's a toad somewhere. It doesn't, and but it's not always just a toad. Sometimes, sometimes it can it's be like music, music or, or other unlockables. If it was just a toad, that would be great. But because it's like other unlockables too, and uh, that doesn't guarantee, because as we said, each level has multiple paths that you can take. You might miss the path that you need to take, in which case yeah, you would never part. see princess peach do the the exclamation point thing so you'd miss the toad entirely yeah that part is super frustrating i think what they did build in i don't know if it was in every level but if you got to the end like so at the very end there's that like circle hoop thing with all the items and you jump through it to end the level usually on that screen somewhere there is a way to like like a pipe or something that will or a door that will bring you back to an earlier room 
and al- allows you to like immediately backtrack. But here's the trick with that. It's not even worth doing that really. Like I would just end the level because that banks whatever toads you find. And then I would go back in and just like speed, like pass any room where I know I've already gotten the toad and just try to find the last toad. Like I, if I was missing a toad, it would only usually just be one toad I was missing. And then I would exit out of the level and it saves your coin and your toad progress. Mm-hmm. And also like once you find a toad, it's you've, you've found it. You don't have to keep finding it every time. So that's. That's good. And you don't and even have to finish the level, which is great. Yeah. So that's what I would do. I would just like, if I miss one, I would go back in and try to find it and then exit out and then move to the next level. But it is frustrating that you have to do it. It, it would it would be 100% fine if they said at the outset that that's what you had to do. You're right. Like if they just said, you have to find every toad. Like, But they make it seem optional. They really do. <laughs> they, they never say that it's essential to complete the game. And that's, that's a real miss. And it's enough probably to turn a lot of people off playing the game. But here was my take on it. And so I had played the game a few years ago and then I thought I'll play it again now just to refresh my memory. But the way that I play games, like I'm not a completionist, but I have a little bit of OCD when it comes to something like that. So I remember the first time I played the game that I, I had no problems because when I got to the end, I had every single toad because it was just like a thing in my brain that made me go search for every single toad. And the way I see the game is it's like the platforming and and like the the puzzling isn't getting through, you know, to the end of the level, because in in a sense, like you could probably every single level, you could probably just beeline it to the end of the room. And that's probably the most direct path to the end is to like always take the furthest, most obvious door or pipe. And that you would usually take you right to the end if you do that enough time, like, you know, three or four screens. But the real, to me, it was more like a find the toad game. That's that's how I played it the first time. I remember thinking, oh, the, the actual game is figuring out where the toads are and finding them. And that if that means like, hoping like using all of your vibe meter to fly across the top of the screen for as long as it lasts, hoping to find a platform, I would do that because for me, the, for me playing the game was, it was find the toads. Yeah. Which, I mean, it would be like the equivalent of playing Donkey Kong country. And before you get to go to King K rule, you would have to collect all the Kong letters in every stage. Yeah, and people would be livid because there are yeah. stages that are really difficult in Donkey Kong yes. Country, right? So now, luckily, there's no stages that difficult in Princess Peach. Um, no, and the other thing about the game that I found, and I think it was something that was criticized for too, was all the little hints. So, like, yes. if you hit that, you hit. I don't. What was that thing? It was like, was it? Some, it was like, like a hint block, I guess. Yeah, it kind of looked like Perry. But yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and then you would hit it, and it would just be like, "Hmm, there's a wooden bridge. What? How can what? How can you get rid of wood? Fire probably will burn. Like it's it just tells you outright. Mm-hmm. Like instead of letting you, you just discover you, it. Do you know what makes hot air balloons go? <laughs> nope. I better start crying. <laughs> so it, yeah, it doesn't. So I mean, if you didn't hit those little pills, then maybe it would be slightly more challenging, but. Really, it just, you just, it tells you everything you need to do. So, yeah. 
So it does make it a little bit easier. And like I said, there's the, the healing mechanic too. So, and, and also filling your vibe, you could just do it by like grabbing enemies and ducking under your umbrella. So, which was great. You could just, yeah, I loved that a lot. Cause it, cause otherwise I think I probably would have died a lot more. I mean, I died plenty, but I probably would have died a lot more. So I, I abused that. And I, did you buy stuff from the store? Like, did you buy any? Absolutely. Power? See, uh, this game, if you are a collect-a-thoner in video games, this is a great game for you because there is so much stuff to buy, whether it be... There's like seven pages of stuff. Oh, my gosh. Whether it be weapons or power-ups or songs or puzzle pieces, all I mean, you can just buy so much stuff that there's no way that you could beat the game and have it all. You would have to play the game a couple times or just like be a super coin collector to get everything because it's it's a crazy amount of stuff. Yeah. Do you know there's end game stuff too? Like if you finish it all, then like there's three more levels per world, which I didn't know. <laughs> I found that out when I beat it. Yes, that was I was going to bring that up next. So you beat the game. Yes, I take it. I did this time. I thought I had beaten it the last time and I was like, oh, I'll just play as much as I can and then I'll just refresh myself by like looking through my old saves. And then I looked at my old saves. I was like, oh, I never beat the game. So I actually just finished it like a few hours ago. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, but I was pretty close anyway. So, But yeah, so there's this, it's almost got a, a ghosts and goblins vibe to it where you beat the game and it's like, well, but if you want the real ending, like beat it again and it unlocks all this other stuff. To play. Is there a different ending if you do that? You know, I don't know. I was wondering because I did not play through the the second uh, the or all of it. I only played through a few levels. Well, I was describing the game to Miles, and like, there's that sub story about Perry, right? Right, where like, so every time you beat a world and you beat the boss, then there's that cutscene where he's dreaming about his past. It's almost exactly like Shovel Knight if you've ever played Shovel Knight. They're sitting by the fire and like there's like a dream sequence happening. It's the exact same as Shovel Knight. It was really weird. That was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> I guess anyway. that's where, is that where Shovel Knight got it then maybe? I don't maybe. Know. I don't know, but I thought that was eerily similar. But can we talk about Perry's story for a second? Please because... inform me because I really don't know what was going I didn't pay attention to it. I didn't care. <laughs> It's it's ridiculous because Perry was apparently a little boy and he had powers and then some magician – I turned him into an umbrella and then he, and it was going to take him away. Yep. And then he wriggled himself free and just lay there in the street for apparently days until a merchant came by and then picked him up and sold him in his store to toad. And then, and that's how toad had the scepter or the, the umbrella to give to peach when she went to go save Mario. Right. Like that's an interesting story. But then when the game ends, it's like, hooray for Princess Peach. She saved everyone. Nothing about Perry. Nothing right. about like and him turning this... back into it. He was, he's a kid. I know. And they, never, they don't save him. They're just like, thanks for the help, Perry. Enjoy being an umbrella for the rest of your life. Like it's, it's And then like, at the same time, there's this, this vibe scepter story that, that Bowser is getting the vibe scepter, which is this like magical weapon thing. And that's like a whole nother side story that's going on. Like, I mean, that's the reason for the whole thing. So then, yeah. like, you know, the whole reason why he was able to capture Mario and Luigi. Mm -hmm. And then and she was out for a walk or something. Right. So that's yeah, why she wasn't caught. So then 
what was the whole point of Perry? I know. This game is very muddled in it's so the weird. point it's trying to make. You got you got it's almost like you got two different games smashed into one and it can't decide which one it wants to be. Yeah. And maybe it shouldn't have been either. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like, I think we both agree. There is a good game in here, but there's a lot of stuff holding it back, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I, I still think that in general, I enjoyed playing it. I think probably because it's not super, super challenging mechanically. Like I'm not the most skilled player. So it was nice to be able to like, Oh, I can, I can get I, through platforming probably because it's Princess Peach. And I like one of the first things I did was buy the float, float umbrella yes. or whatever, yes. right? So that she has a little bit of extra floating yeah. time yeah. and you can land on platforms a little bit easier. So that, that's the only one I found that was actually really important to have. But yeah, I, you bought, don't really, I, I agree. Yeah. I bought the other two and they were good to have, but I didn't. I didn't really use either. Like, I think you need to have the pound, the down stomp or whatever for the pound umbrella to, maybe to get find. through certain. Yeah, to get through some some areas to break through the ground. But but you don't um, need the the charge one where you shoot it. No, I used it, but I often just forgot I had it. And then when I I like I would usually use it for like the floating turtle guys because. They'd be in my way. Right. <laughs> I don't I think like, I ever used it now that I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I don't <laughs> think I remembered to use it. Well, I got I, it so late in the game, too. I bought it very late. Yeah. Well, I, I, um, yeah, I was getting like hit multiple times, like, and getting knocked off by one of the floating turtles. And then I actually had to look up how to use the charge ability because I had never used it up to that point. So, like, it's not intuitive. No. No. <laughs> like, you have to look up how to use them. Yes. But, um, yeah, but the floating one, that's just like, that's how you expect her to move. And she doesn't move that way at first until you actually buy that weapon or that power up. So that's the only one, if you're going to play it, I recommend getting the float one and then increasing your vibe meter and maybe a extra heart or two. Yeah. I think the vibe meter is the most important. I think you can save the hearts cause the hearts you can just get back with your vibe. Yeah. So and yeah, and the true. platforming is not hard at all. That it's not challenging enough that you're going to be dying in a level at all, really. Yeah. So I think this game is a bit of a mixed bag. And with that, if you don't have anything else you'd like to add, you know, uh, we will move on to the three questions of Doom. So do you okay. have anything you would like to add? Any last remarks about the game? No, I think we covered probably everything that needs to be talked about with this game. It's, it's a pretty simple game, right? Like it's a pretty straightforward platformer. It's not, they didn't reinvent the wheel making this game. They just gave her her own platforming game. That's yes, they it. did. Yes, they did. And wouldn't you know it, we are what, 13 years removed from that. And we still have not gotten a sequel or another game that stars princess peach. What is up with that? Nintendo. <laughs> I guess they don't like getting negative or like criticized maybe. I guess maybe, I don't know, but I think it's time. I think it's time. You hear me Nintendo? For sure. Come on, right? I All think right. it would be great. Well, on I think Switch. On the Switch. What? Yes, exactly. Everybody Perfect. else gets a game. Yeah. 
I don't know what they're up to. Yeah. Well, with that, why don't we move into the three questions of doom? Are you ready, Catherine? I think so. This is a tough one. I'm excited. So question number one, is this a good portable game? You know what? I, I think it is because the levels aren't that long. But I say that having like I have now like a 45 minute commute and I'm on the bus for most of it. And I today was the first time I played it because I was worried I wasn't going to beat the game. So I played like one level today. <laughs> that's funny. But that's just me. and I don't like playing games on the bus, but I think it's a good portable game because the levels are short, because on the DS you can just pause, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to shut it down so and it I guess auto most saves games. every and it auto saves yeah after every level so. and even if you have to like exit out of a level because you're not going to be able to play it for a couple days or whatever you still get all your coins you get all the toads that you've saved and then when you go back you just have to go find the one that you missed or Absolutely. the one or two that you missed so i think that it is good for portable gaming and it is long enough too that i yeah. think it yeah, you know what? Yes. I agree. Yes. My answer is yes. Well, there you go. I'm right there with you. Yes, it is a good portable game. Question number two, should this game belong in your collection? Um, maybe because it's the only game where you can play as Princess Peach as the main character. For that reason, maybe. I Full disclosure, I don't own the game. <laughs> I played a version of it on the DS. Um. And what, what do you got? One of those, uh, like those, a, one of those cards, like a DS Everdrive sort of thing. Kind of like it was like a DSTT or something like that, which I've had for like a million years. Cause I'm cheap Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not a collector. If I were a collector though, I think I would like to have this game in my collection. I think the box art is really nice too. Like the cover art for it. And yeah. And there is something about the main character being princess peach that is appealing and it, is a nice conversation piece at, at the least. Sure. You can get into lovely debates about female representation in games. Oh, oh yes. That is a, <laughs> we, we don't have a podcast long enough to dive that deep. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little bit more harsh on this one. I don't think it needs to belong in your collection. Um, oh, I, that's valid, too. I just... I don't think it's a must-play game, and I don't think I'm going to personally go back and replay it. I just, yeah. um, I was unimpressed, and that pains me, because I really, really wanted to like this game. And I was really excited to play it, so I was surprised, because I guess in my head, I had gotten it up, like, this is a really good game, everyone likes this game. So I was surprised when I didn't really, I, I, I wasn't really digging it. And, and mind you, there's a lot of things I like about this game, but on the whole, I was kind of disappointed. Yeah, I could totally see that. Um, I think, too, like, I'm not 100% sure who, when the game came out, who it was meant for. And I feel like it might have been geared for younger kids. Like, I, it, it, I get that impression. Yeah, right. yeah, because it's very simple. Yeah, so if you're a gamer and you want to be challenged or you want a game that, you know, holds your interest, this isn't going to be it because I, I don't think that's who it was meant for. Yes. 
And the final question, out of five, five being perfect, how would you rate this game? Hmm. So me personally, I think I would give it, I would say like a three. No, you don't, you don't allow half points, right? No, I do not. No half points. So I will say three because I still enjoyed it mostly. Like, yeah. I still, I still enjoy, I'm, I'm glad that I beat the game and I was surprised that I didn't the first time around. And so I'm happy to have beaten this game and, you know, and I don't like, I will abandon a game. And so I feel like three is fair for me. Yeah. Well, I'm giving it a three, two. So a three, two, a three also <laughs> a three point two. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Okay. I'm giving it a three okay. as well. Uh, okay. I, I, you know, to me, three is average, and I think this is an average game. It's not great. Uh-huh. It's not terrible by any means. It's totally playable. Yeah. It just isn't, it doesn't stand out. But I, I think I'm with you. Like, I really wish I could give it a four. Yes. And I know it's like, I would probably rarely hand out fives, but I really wish this was a four. And I think I think you're right. Like I think it's so close to being it, right? It's, it's it is close. A few little changes. Yes, yes. You take away that having to rescue all the toads. Maybe uh, spice even if up the it was just a percentage of the toads, right? Like, yeah. oh, sorry, you don't have enough toads, and if it just meant you had to go back and get one or two more, that's fine. But uh, having to find even which level that you're missing toads on, yeah. Well, there you go. Two threes from Catherine and I. Now, this next, before we, uh, you know, put a stamp on Super Princess Peach, I always like to recommend games that are similar in nature. And I was kind of, I was torn this month on what to ask the Cartridge Club to suggest. Uh, I ended up going with other Mario spinoff games, because this is a spinoff of Mario. Hmm. Uh, so I thought, what are some other great spinoff Mario games that people love? I almost did, what are some other great female-led video games. But I thought, ooh, that's a, that's a touchy subject. I don't know. That's kind of a rabbit hole I might not want to go down. And I felt like most people would just say Metroid. I think that's a, a very go-to thing. Yeah, it's the, the first, first one that comes to your mind, exactly. right? Um, but if you want to reach out to me on Twitter, at CC Portable Unite, and tell me some other great female-led uh, games, you know, I'm, I'm all ears. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts. But for right now, we're going to talk about some other great Mario spinoff titles. So I asked the Cartridge Club to give me some of their favorites. And we had a lot of people uh, chime in, and that was great. So let's go through that right now. Musty Hobbit said Mario Hoops 3-on-3 on the DS. Controls are a little weird. Have to dribble with the stylus. That is weird. But it's a joint venture by Square Enix and also features Final Fantasy characters. So that's uh, if you didn't know. Uh, that sounds kind of kooky and fun, and I'm not sure h- how the DS or how the stylus would work, but uh, yeah, that sounds awkward. I didn't even use the stylus really for this one, except for when it tells you you're probably going to need your stylus. Yep, me too. I would just poke the vibes with my. Finger. I didn't even blow like you when you're in the little ship and you have to blow oh, to yeah. shoot your thing. You could just tap the mic, <laughs> and so I would just tap. Oh, the mic. Oh, that's a good idea. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because you look really dumb blowing into your DS. <laughs> so. You do. 
and, and you just feel stupid doing mm-hmm. it. So especially if you're in public, like if you're commuting, you know, and you're yeah. sitting there <laughs> <laughs> trying to kill some some bloopers or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so top spot one two three said he he was uh, answering to Musty. He said the controls work surprisingly well for being so unique. So there you go. If you're a little nervous, top spot one two three says otherwise. Uh, ben, aka at Squall five zero four two, said an uninspired answer, but I just have to go with Mario Kart. Spent way too much time playing this series of games, and that is totally fair. Mario Kart it's valid is I love it. <laughs> arguably the best Mario spinoff franchise. Um, and yeah, there is nothing to be ashamed of there. I love that game. Do you have a favorite Mario Kart game, Catherine? Um, well, we we played a lot on the Wii U. And yep. so whatever, like the, eight. on the Switch as well. So eight. Then, and then the deluxe one is great for the Switch because everything's included. So you don't have to spend all that time. Well, you don't have to spend any extra money, which is good. And it's all just there. And it's fun. It's a really fun one. I agree. Yeah. I'd probably say eight too. They just keep getting better. Yeah, that's, I think so too. And they look so good. Like yes. the new versions, like mm-hmm. they just look amazing and they're fun to play. So Top spot one two three again says love Mario's Pie Cross. I really wish we got the sequels over here. I've completed most of the Game Boy sequel on PSP through emulation. I didn't even know there were sequels to that. That's crazy. Oh no way! I love I love those like P Cross games or whatever. Is it like Cross? Did I say it wrong? I, Is it? P-Cross? I don't. I think picture crosswords. Oh, pick. Oh yeah, that makes I sense. Pick, pick, pick cross. I don't. Pick I don't know how to say it, but I love those types of like. I play them just for fun, and so when I found out there was a Mario one, like. I played all the way through it. It's, I've never, I've never played a P cross game. How, how does well, that work? Um, so it's usually just a grid with like numbers that kind of tell you. So it'd be like, say it's a 10 by 10 grid. And if vertically it just says one, it means one of those squares is blocked in. But if it says 10, then it's a, then you color in all 10 of them. So and it's so kind it, of in, like a, a minesweeper type game. Remember minesweeper? Well, it ends up drawing a picture. Yeah. Right. It, Kind of like when you're thinking of the logic. So like if it says four, three, one, then it means there's four and then at least one space, then three and then a space and then one. I see. And so it, it ends up being really just like a logic puzzle. But right. then when you're done, you get a fun little like picture. 8-bit picture. Yeah, oh, it's awesome. fun. All right. I like it. And the Mario one, it's all Mario style. Like it's a coin or a star or like right. a Goomba, stuff like that. Uh, Josh Leslie at Frantic Society says, Tetris Attack. It's one of my favorite puzzle games packed with a lot of fun challenges, and it's adorable too. Oh, yeah. Miles, like, played Tetris Attack a lot. It's, yeah. It's I, a, uh, yeah, it's a fun one. I have owned it for years. I don't think I've ever played it, but I'm well aware that a lot of people dig it. But it's like... If like if you play Tetris and stuff like that, it's not Tetris. And then also like it takes you a little while to get used to the movement because I think it's horizontal swapping, but I oh, can't remember exactly. Okay. And so like you have to start to like really understand like how to make your matches and stuff. And then once you do, then you just get completely addicted just like you would Tetris. All right. I can dig it. Marmel at Five Game Suicide says Mario Strikers is a great installment. So I'm I'm liking that we're getting some sports titles in here for the Mario spinoff. Mario Strikers, yeah, I've never played course, that one. Is the uh, the soccer or football uh, version? I haven't either, but I know they are insanely popular games. Um, so that that's all I can say on that. Yeah, I I think I I played tennis 
but like that's after the Wii came out. So right, yo, that's a good question. I don't think I've ever played any of the. I, I mean, I've dabbled with them, as in like I've played them for like a couple minutes, but I've never actually sat down and played them. Played them. I'm sure, like if there's a campaign, I've never finished any campaign for them. But yeah, uh, the, te- the tennis one was fun though, and golf maybe. I don't oh know. yeah, Mario Golf. That would be fun. Yeah. Oh, I have played a little bit of Mario Golf actually. <laughs> Uh, Steven Eider says Dr. Mario is good. Wrecking Crew is interesting. So he's going old school with Wrecking Crew. That's a, oh, yeah. that's a black box game on the NES. And uh, Dr. Mario is on the NES too. Dr. Mario, fantastic games. I love Dr. Mario. The music is like the best in that. Oh, yeah. Get stuck in your head for yep. days. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I don't know. I can't do now it. Now it's going to be stuck in my head just because <laughs> you did <laughs> that. Yeah, that was a good so one. So good. Uh, Kyle at Kyle underscore three, two, five underscore says definitely the Luigi's mansion and Mario golf games. Shout out to captain toad as well. I love captain toad. Captain toad is so good. I've never finished it though. It was just like, it's a game that's built for me. Like it was designed specifically for me. I feel like, and I never finished it. Yeah. I I definitely want to get back to it. Yeah. I need to get it it on the switch because I played it uh, on the Wii U and then uh, I never got to finish it, so I, I want to pick it up for the Switch. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think I would probably play it if we had it on Switch. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not likely to hook up the Wii U anytime soon. And uh, I don't even have a Wii U, so <laughs> there you go. Uh, at Retro Lectors, the Retro Lectors says uh, Luigi's Mansion, Mario Strikers, Mario Tennis, and Mario Golf. The sports games are always fun. So some more uh, love for the Mario sports games. And then, of course, Luigi's Mansion. That's, yeah. That's a great game. I've I'm never really pl- looking I'm, forward to the new one. Yes, me too. I've never played uh, the, the actual original one on the GameCube. I've only played Dark Moon, which we played and you can listen to in the archives <laughs> for CC Portable. Uh, great game. Uh, but so there you go. Did you, yeah. Catherine, did you have a Mario spinoff game you wanted to mention? One that I really loved playing was um, Yoshi's Woolly World. Oh, yes. On the Wii U. Like, Miles and I, like, we we really liked the Wii U a lot. So a lot of the games that we played together were on the Wii U. And he he says he prefers the Kirby games to the Kirby game on the Wii U over Yoshi's Woolly World. But I'm I'm the opposite. Yeah. And I, I... I don't know. There's just something about the Yoshi one. We have the crafted one, the crafted world or whatever it is for Switch, but we haven't really played it yet. Okay. But I really like the Yoshi spinoff. Yeah, I need to to play those more. Um, I they're so great couch co-op. Yeah. They're so much fun. Yeah, that's a that's a really good uh, really good suggestion. Um, I'm gonna say. And this is weird, but last year I played Yoshi's Safari on the Super Nintendo, which is a super scope game. It's a it's a super scope game, arguably the best super scope game. But that's not saying much because this game is (laughs) not very good. But it's a trip to play because it's a Mario game with the super scope, and you're on Yoshi, and you're kind of it's almost like a rail shooter. Oh, that forward. sounds crazy. It's really weird, and it should be so much better than it is, which is unfortunate. But it's What a, are you shooting in it? You are shooting... What are you shooting? I don't remember. Like these balls or something? Oh, okay. Yeah, or maybe fire, but I don't think it's fire. But what are you shooting at? 
like Koopa, uh, Koopa Troopas and um, okay. Koopalings. So just yeah. like, okay. And Goombas and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fun, but the levels are just um, very simple. And the bosses are really easy. Their patterns are really easy. So it's just, it's kind, of, it's kind of the same problem as Princess Peach. Like, it should be a better game, but it's almost like too simple and easy for its own good. Maybe they'll make a new one. Yeah, <laughs> Probably maybe. Yeah. Not. Well, considering uh, <laughs> that came out in like the 90s sometime, I doubt we're going to get that if we haven't even got a Princess Peach sequel yet. Yeah, no one's starting a Twitter campaign to bring that one back. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but that's it. And that is it for Super Princess Peach on the DS. Uh, like I said, a little disappointing. Um, but they can't all be winners. Am I right? You are correct. <laughs> and uh, with that, speaking of what might be winners and what might not be, let's talk about what's coming up in the Cartridge Club. First, we'll start with the best one, or the best subsection of the Cartridge Club, and that is CC Portable. <laughs> so what is coming up? I'm going to roll through these. In August, we got the Angry Video Game Nerd Adventures, our final platformer game for our summer of platformers. So make sure you track that down and play it. In September, we're going shmup-tember. We're playing a shoot-em-up, and that is Nano Stray 2 on the DS. Very weird. Please, someone find that game and want to be my guest on that show because I feel like I'm going to be the only one playing it. If it's a shmup, I might be able to talk Miles into it. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. Because it's a, it's a fun game, but I just feel like nobody knows about it, so it's going to be tough to get uh, somebody on that month. So reach out to me, please. I don't have anyone for that month if you're listening to this. <laughs> uh, in October, we're going to be doing a vote. That vote will be going up on the CC Portable Twitter at the beginning of August. You'll be voting on three spooky games for October. It's going to be Resident Evil Gaiden, Castlevania II, Belmont's Revenge, or 999. Uh, so three gay games. You guys will get to decide with your votes. It's going to run for one week at the beginning of August. So make sure you look out for that. And then uh, finally in November, we're going to be playing Final Fantasy Adventure for the original Game Boy. Now this is technically a Final Fantasy game, but it's really the first game in the Mana series. So before Secret of Mana, there was Final Fantasy Adventure. And that is what is coming up in CC Portable. Coming up in Cartridge Club Prime, uh, they just finished playing Batman Arkham City. I love that game. Can't wait to listen to that podcast. And then coming up next month in August, they're playing Chrono Trigger, one of the best RPGs and one of the only RPGs I've ever finished. Catherine, have you played Chrono Trigger? I haven't. And actually, I think someone told me it was only like 10 hours or something so i feel like maybe now's my time it's not bad and i would heavily recommend it there's no random battles no random encounters you see oh. every you see everybody so if you don't if you want to skip a fight you can absolutely do that the story's great it's got like 20 different endings it's crazy i would highly recommend this game it's really fun awesome i'm looking forward to it yeah you should absolutely play it if you've never played it before and then uh, we have our, our newest member to the Cartridge Club, and that is the Quick Save Club. And they just got done playing Secret of Monkey Island, a LucasArts game, which is a famous point-and-click kind of adventure game, I believe. And uh, coming up in August, they are playing Commander Keen. I know nothing about Commander Keen. Do you know what Commander Keen is, Catherine? I have heard of it. I have a friend who is super into Commander Keen games, but I've never played it myself. 
Well, I don't really know anything about it. <laughs> it's a side-scrolling platform game. So interesting. Right. There you go. Uh, but yeah, give the uh, Quick Save Club some love. It seems like they're they're going strong, and um, that's what they're going to be playing in August. That's what's coming up in the Cartridge Club. With that, we're going to move on to the plugs. So as always, check out the forums at cartridgeclub.org, which has just had a major makeover, and it is beautiful. Can I just say, uh, I'm sad that I am not in the giant Cartridge Club picture that is on the front. Catherine, I believe you are in that picture. I am there. It's from Chicago last year. Yes. It's probably the best picture of the Cartridge Club as a group that I've seen so far. I love it. It's great. I used it in my uh, last pickup video. I just think it's a really cool um, picture. But anyway, go to the website. You can either go to the forums or the Discord and share your experiences right alongside us. Uh, If you don't want to go there, you can always find me on Twitter at CCPortableUnite and let me know what games you want to play. If you want to be a special guest like Catherine here, um, or, you know, if you, uh, know of anyone that has played Nano Stray 2, for the love of God, please, someone find <laughs> me, someone who's going to play Nano Stray 2. Uh, <laughs> and back to you, Catherine, where can we find you? I know we plugged you at the top. We're going to plug you again. And then we, I want to talk about Flock of Nerds for a sec. Oh, yeah. I'm on Twitter at K underscore song. Perfect. That's me. And then, uh, the Flock of Nerds, for anyone who hasn't listened to your podcast, please, let our listeners know. This is a great podcast, folks. Oh, it's just me and my partner, Miles, and our friend, Chris. It's called Flock Talk. You can find us probably just searching Flock Talk or Flock of Nerds on your favorite uh, podcast listening app. And we just we mostly talk about video games, but um, we're we kind of we go pretty tangentially talk about whatever we do every month. It's monthly. And which is great. I wanted to point that out. <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, very easy. Once a month, you know, low commitment. I love that. You know, unlike it's low some of commitment these... from us as well. So. Yeah, well, you know, unlike some of these other Cartridge Club podcasts that are a little attention-seeking and narcissistic with their <laughs> once-a-week podcasts. No, I like Makes the... me tired just thinking of a weekly podcast. I couldn't I do know, it. I know, that's ridiculous. It's crazy. I don't know how they do it. Um, but anyway... Thank you so much for being here, Catherine. It was an absolute delight. Hopefully we can get Miles on here someday. Please tell him about Nano Stray 2. For the love <laughs> of God, I need someone for Nano Stray 2. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. Absolutely. And we will see you guys next month for Angry Video Game Nerd Adventures. CC Unite. Ooh.